Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to a man who is attacking the barbecue industry from every possible angle. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Today we're jumping all the way over to Texas and we're going to be chatting with Junior Urias from Up and Smoke Barbecue. Now if that name sounds familiar, I did actually catch up with him. I Actually, I met him for the first time in 2019 over at the MBBQA conference in Kansas City and we were able to have a chat for four or five minutes there and so he was part of that, that compilation episode from that conference. But we're going to be able to sit down today and have a really good long chat, deep dive into what he's doing. And I've got to tell you, he is doing a lot. He is all over the barbecue industry. He's got rubs and sauces, classes, catering, food trucks, food restaurants. Uh, a new market is coming soon. He's a TV personality from Barbecue Pitmasters. I mean, he's just everywhere and he works like mad and he's just doing some great things. But before we bring him in here, I've just got a couple of announcements that I do need to run by you first. First up, I want to thank Jagged Woodfine for coming on board as our podcast partner for this episode. If you're out there and you're looking for a new smoker oven or gravity-fed or asado or you've got a custom kitchen fit out that you need for your new barbecue joint that you're building, uh, make sure you check them out. They do some incredible work. I've got one of their smoker ovens just outside this window here behind me, and it is a barrel of fun to cook on. We do some amazing things with it, and you will have seen my recent uh, video series on YouTube with it as well. It's a good bit of kit. Do check them out. Now, if you're just at the beginning of your barbecue journey, head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com because we've got a free ebook available for you. It's the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. And in that, you're going to find everything you need to know to take you from zero to hero in the world of backyard barbecue. You are going to be king of the barbecue in your neighborhood, no doubt at all. And it's completely free. Head on over there, smokinghotconfessions.com. Check it out. And a big uh, greetings this afternoon to everybody who's joining us in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. That's our Facebook group. That's where we record these podcast episodes live. And it's also where we just hang out in a family-friendly environment and chat about barbecue. And, you know, let's face it, a family-friendly environment on the internet is a nice change these days. So uh, come along and join us. Everybody's welcome. We'd love to see you there. Now, if you're catching this episode later on on the socials, if you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. Over on Facebook, it's all about the likes, the comments, and the shares. Instagram, it's the cute little love hearts, the comments, and the follows, our IGTV channel there. And if you are listening on a podcasting app, please do give us a rating and review. Those five-star ratings and reviews really help to push us up the charts. I'm not sure how. It just triggers the algorithm. And we have been pushed as high as number three on the podcast charts for food in Australia and number six in America. So for a little barbecue show out of uh, Gold Coast, Australia to reach number six in the US podcast charts in the food category, that's pretty amazing. And that's all comes down to the work that you're doing, giving us the five-star ratings and reviews. So thank you very much for that. Now, I reckon you probably uh, heard enough out, uh, out of me on this. Let's, uh, let's get Junior in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Junior, long time no see, my friend. How are you, buddy? Man, I am stoked. I'm super good. I'm happy to be on your show and, you know, I'm super excited. Thank you, Ben. Mate, I, I just want to say thank you for coming on board. I know it's like 8 or 9 p.m. where you are now, and I know you're working really hard these days, so I really appreciate you uh, 
you know, sacrificing some Zeds to come on board the show. It's, it's, it's a real privilege for us. Now, as I said in the intro, you've got your barbecue truck, you've got your restaurants, you've got all that sort of stuff, but I'm curious to know what was the last thing that you barbecued purely because you wanted to eat it for dinner? You know, it's funny. I, uh, it's not going to be meat, unfortunately. It's going to be some grilled romaine lettuce. I, uh, really? I really enjoy Yeah, I really enjoy grilling some lettuce. It's pretty cool. It's unique. Um, you know, it's, it's just something different, you know. Okay, and how do you go about doing that? Well, I, uh, I get some uh, dressing. You can do, use Italian dressing, some ranch dressing, any type of uh, dressing of your choice. And I, I put it in, in through the leaves. I cut the romaine lettuce in half. I put it in there, and I add a little bit of seasoning, grill it on a hot grill. And, um, you know, you don't want to leave it on too long. Um, just a quick grill, and, man, it's ready to go. Right. Now, I'd, I'd imagine that uh, cutting a romaine lettuce in half, you'd have sort of, it'd be like a cup side and then the, and then the, the open side. Do you only sort of sit it on the grill on the, on, on the cup side or do you tip it over and, uh, and get the inside of it as well? I get the inside. Uh, I, I try to get the, uh, the dressing to get the char, the grill, and man, it's super fun. It's super tasty and it's real good, man. You need to try it. Mate, I've, I'm, uh, Definitely going to give that a go. Uh, grilled lettuce is something that I've been wanting to try for a while, but just haven't quite been brave enough to. But I'm, di- I'm I'll, I'll give that a go for sure. Now, do you use that as as part of a bigger meal, or do you just sort of is, is that your steak replacement? You sit there and you just munch on a lettuce. Actually, you know, we we do when we do steaks uh, for customers and even for us, uh, for my family, we'll do uh, grilled romaine lettuce, uh, and I think it's a good added uh, benefit to the steak it uh, instead of doing your traditional uh, lettuce you can do the grilled romaine lettuces and then if you want to not do steak or you know you can always add shrimp that's a good addition to it as well yeah that'd be really nice i'd imagine some some grilled lettuce and some nice uh nice smoky grilled prawns that'd be really good now um You've got like a whole bunch of different barbecues for your restaurant and your food truck and all that sort of stuff. What do you cook on when you're at home? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I, uh, you know, I got a lot of grills. I got different grills, smokers, um, pellet grills. Uh, one that I use a lot is a Rectech uh, grill, and it's a 380. Man, that thing, I love using it. I love to grill on it. It's, you know, it's real easy and convenient. Um, you know, I work long days and hours and something to come home to and and uh just crank it on real quick and fast and uh it's uh, it's my go-to yeah cool now I, I i don't think rec tech is one that we really have much over here in australia and the, the only ones i've seen are pellet grills so is that a pellet grill that you're cooking on it is ah Pe- interesting pellet smoker. yeah it almost looks like a weber in a sense but, um, you know, it's all stainless steel, and I think I can get it up to about 600 degrees, even even a little bit more from time to time. Wow, that's awesome. I think you're the first, uh, you're the first Texan pitmaster uh, that I've spoken to that, uh, that, that openly admits to running a pellet grill. <laughs> you know, it's funny, but uh, 2012 in my competition days, I was one of the first guys running uh, pellet grills. Uh, man, it was hard because nobody, they, they thought I was cheating using them and stuff like that. And 
I honestly just used it for my chicken and ribs. Uh, and you know what? I was killing the market. I was killing the circuit by using a different smoker with a different profile, you know? And, uh, you know, I think I used it to my advantage. No doubt about that at all. Yeah. So let's, let's take a quick, uh, quick step back before that. Um, how did you get into barbecue? But like before you got into the competition scene, were you, was your family big on barbecue when you were growing up? You know, I really wasn't, you know, we used to do, uh, old school type grills, like over the fire style grills, uh, growing up, uh, barbecue and smoking was not a big deal for us. I, I started, you know, cooking for my family, friends and stuff in the backyard and stuff like that. And from there, it just escalated. And, you know, everybody was like my food. They said, man, that's some good stuff. You know, enter some contest and, you know, the contest started from there. And, uh, I think I was in high school when I started doing competition um, circuits and stuff like that. And man, I just had fun, you know, at the beginning. And then of course it started getting to where you want to do better at the cook-offs. You start getting a little bit more uh, serious, you know, that's also when my rubs were created um, because I wanted to out season the competition. Yeah. I, I think that's the, the, uh, the actual tagline of your business, isn't it? It is for my seasonings, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, out out season the competition. Nice, I love that. And so, wow, you, you actually started all the way back in high school, and you got into a competition. I'm I'm assuming that they were. Uh, is it ICBA in Texas? You know, at the time there, I was there's some local cookoffs, and that's that's where I started. There was uh, no organizations at the at the time. You know, and it wasn't really big. Uh, we didn't have that many in our area either. I was in at the time in West Texas, which even even still today, there's minimum cookoffs in that area. So um, it was hard for us. I had to travel a lot to get into some of the bigger contests and stuff like that. But IBCA, yes, it was one of the first uh, organizations that I started with. Wow, that that's really interesting. I've been reading a bit lately that. Um that uh, competition barbecue for high schoolers is actually starting to become more popular than high school football. And you're getting bigger crowd turnouts coming to these high school cook-offs than are coming to high school football. Was that, was that what it was like for you or is that more of a recent thing? Oh, no, no, no. We didn't, we didn't do nothing like that at all. I mean, uh, you know, there's nothing available for us other than, you know, go out to a local cook-off and drink some beer and, you know, cook some meat, and that was it, man. It was fun. It was getting out there with your family, your friends, and and invite as many people as you could, and just have a ball. You know, that's how it started for me. It was never intended to become a business. Uh, you know, it was just fun and getting out there and doing what I love doing, and it's cooking. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you got into those competitions, and you were traveling around Texas a lot. Um, how did the barbecue pitmasters thing happen? Because of course you were in uh, season six, episode two. You were the winner of that one um, from from uh, from when I was watching that show. Um, wh- what was that experience like? Well, it's funny. I was uh, we were in San Antonio at the San Antonio Livestock Show and Rodeo Cookoff, and uh, you know I've auditioned for barbecue pitmasters several times, several years. And we're at this particular cookoff, and we're set up. I mean, this was a Friday evening. I already had my meats, big meats, smoking. Um, the 
and uh, I got a call that evening, and it was about seven or eight in the evening, and they said, this is so-and-so a barbecue pit masters. I was like, who? I, I thought they were joking around at first. I was like, yeah, right. This is a prank. So I hung up. They oh. called me back. <laughs> they called me back, and I was like, holy crap, maybe this is for reals. Who is this? And then I can't remember who it was, but I was super stoked when they called. And uh, they asked me, I said, can you be in Florida by Sunday? And I was like, well, I'm at a cook-off in San Antonio, and this was a Friday evening, and we're, I mean, I'm telling you, I had my pits, rolling smoke were set up. At the time, I had a, a toy hauler, so my pits, and I was smoking on some uh, uh, stumps, smokers at the time, and uh, I had them set up, hanging outside the, the trailer and stuff like that, and we're, we're just having blasts and cooking and all that, and I had to make a decision right then and there if I was going to go to Florida to be on Barbecue Pitmasters. And, of course, man, it was definitely, I was like, yes, we're going to do that, most definitely. So I ended up picking one of my friends out of the audience. I said, hey, dude, you want to go with me to uh, Barbecue Pitmasters in Florida? He said, hell yeah. So, anyways, that's how it became. So we packed my bags. And all I took was a few knives, some a lot of my seasonings, and a few uh, like underwear, and and that was it. We got on the jet plane, went to Florida, kicked ass, and uh, you know that was the beginning of the entire uh, deal for us. Yeah, that's amazing. See, so you had forty eight hours notice. Did you have to abandon the the livestock and rodeo show, or did you leave like one of your teammates in charge and you just took off for the airport and they cooked the competition? What happened with uh, with that end of it? Well, I, I did. I had one of my friends uh, take over, and he managed uh, to be able to finish the cook-off. Uh, we didn't do so well uh, at the cook-off, but uh, they also, you know, were able to get my trailer, uh, clean up, you know, load everything up, and take it to one of my friend's house in San Antonio. And San Antonio for us is about six and a half hours to where I lived at the time. Oh, so, wow. you know, good haul, but. Man, it was all worth it, Ben. Most of yeah, yeah, no doubt about that at all. So, tell us, what was the experience like actually on set of Barbecue Pitmasters? You know, it was real cool. It was the first time for me to be on national TV like that, and uh, you know, you can tell on the first few episodes uh, that I was a little nervous and stuff like that. Uh, but man, I got in there, I got focused, and. Uh, the thing that made me do real good was, you know, I just went in there and, and, you know, it's being in my office. That's what I do on a day in, day out basis. And man, it all was natural to me. Other than the cameras, everything was natural to me. Um, the, the, another thing was kind of odd was they were always wanting to get you to say certain things and, and you know, kind of change your character a little bit, but you know, I, I kind of try to keep it all the same. And then uh, you can see as we went on with other barbecue pit master shows that my true character came out and, you know, I just kind of ignored what they wanted me to do in a, in a sense. So just to make a better show, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Your, your, your true self definitely shone through. And I think that's what, uh, what attracted a lot of the, of the viewing public to you. 
And I had I I have heard quite a lot about uh, the influence of producers on reality TV. So uh, <laughs> how they like yes. to try and uh, sort of push people into certain character roles in the show. Yeah, they 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 try to do that, and uh, you know some of it we try to accommodate, but you know uh, it, it just got to a point where you're busy cooking and grilling and stuff like that, and you don't have time to really listen to them as much. Well, at least I didn't. Uh, man, I was out there trying to, man, I want to kick some butt, you know? So anyways, that's, I kind of ignored them a little bit and just did my thing. And, you know, same time, I just want to win, you know? I didn't, I didn't care much about the TV at the time. Um, you know, until even after two weeks later, Ben, it was like, man, I was really on that TV show, you know? So even even still to this day, it's kind of, man, it's humbling and it's cool. And I was fortunate and I'm glad I was able to be on there. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, from there, then you were, you were, well, you already had your rubs, your, your seasonings running. And then, so from the success of that, were you then able to sort of leverage that success to grow the rubs and sauces and then get into your food truck and your restaurant and all that sort of stuff? You know, that, that, uh, the seasonings have always been like a second or third business to us. And honestly, okay. if I would if I would have changed a lot of things, then I would have made it my first and priority business at the time. Uh, we just kind of, honestly, we just kind of put it on the back burner. We, uh, we focused more on our catering business and we were killing it, uh, with our catering business. You know, we started doing one or two caterings, maybe a week sometimes not even that to having like, you know, like I've told you in, in the past interviews, like two to three a day, uh, caterings and, uh, man, you know, it's amazing when you do that, but it slowly becomes that, uh, you know, and it doesn't happen overnight, definitely, but, uh, you just got to hang in there and continue to do what you really love and, and see it for what it is and continue it, you know? Yeah, when you're getting into things like two and three caterings a day, like how do you, how do you sort of juggle all that? How do you keep it all? How do you keep your energy up to be able to do that? <laughs> well, you're kind of uh, at the beginning. You, you're in love with the business, and you love what you're doing, and you're trying to build the business, and you're trying to get new customers. And you know, it's slowly. You're kind of almost blind in a sense when you first start doing all this because. Man, I look back now and I'm thinking, wow, I don't know if I'll do that again. It's crazy. I mean, the insane hours that you put, the the pressure, the the stresses that you put on your family to be able to do what you love. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, man. I, uh, you know, I put my family in a lot of danger a lot of the times because of the stuff that we did. And, you know, I gambled a lot with, with making this my priority and my business and stuff like that. And. Thank goodness we did because, I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at now if it wasn't for, for you know, definitely my family and, and my dad that helped me and, you know, everybody that was there for me from the get-go. Like my wife, Jennifer, she she uh, helped me a lot with this business and kept me, you know, you start feeling bad, you start feeling good. I mean, you got your ups and downs uh, with the entire business. But, man, you know what? It it uh, it is true love and it happens and you just make it happen, you know. Yeah. Now, given that you started uh, competing when you were in high school, did you have like a 
another career that you sort of had to balance with all this catering work and that? Or were you, did you sort of go from high school straight into the like food service industry? No, I didn't. Uh, you know, I had multiple jobs, different uh, style jobs, uh, you know, from electrician to other, you know, when you're young like that, you know, you're in your 20s and stuff like that. You don't have the best jobs, of course. Well, at least I didn't. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, each job I progressed and started becoming a little bit better and getting better jobs. And then, you know, I, the barbecue scene didn't come to I was you know, maybe in my 20s, 25s, somewhere around there where I really thought, man, you know what? I could potentially do this as a business. So that's how it started. If you're looking for your next barbecue smoker or grill, Jagged Woodfire has got what you need. Owners Julianne and Glenn are multiple award-winning barbecue competitors who have even travelled to the US to compete at the World Barbecue Championships in Houston, Texas. Based out of Perth and shipping nationwide, Jagged is one of the largest pit builders in the country and has an ever-growing lineup of meat cooking machinery. Not only do they have their now famous smoker ovens, their incredibly efficient gravity-fed cabinets are proving extremely popular in commercial settings, and they also make some of the most stylish asado grills you're ever going to see. Jagged is also well known for amazingly detailed custom work ranging from backyard designs all the way to installations in commercial kitchens. Proudly Australian designed, owned and manufactured, you can find out more at jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D. Once again, head to jaggedwoodfire.com.au, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. So things in your, like around your mid-twenties sort of started to move into the, the, the business side of barbecue and you actually, uh, you started with a food truck and, uh, sorry, catering and food truck. I understand you actually built your own restaurant, like you personally, physically, with your own hands, you built the restaurant. Tell us about that experience. Well, that that was, uh, I won't never do that again. I, you know, <laughs> a, project managed, a project managed the entire operation. And man, let me tell you, there the stress levels with the busy business at the time. You know, you're juggling various caterings and uh, you, you're, it's man i won't go back to that i'll tell you that much so uh this new restaurant we're building now here in early uh texas we are i already got an entire crew doing that uh i'm not but i'm not doing any of it thank goodness you know yeah yeah i, I understand that there were um some hiccups that you've had with that first restaurant in in midland did it cost you twenty thousand dollars to get a water tap installed is that what i read uh, actually, the water the the water tap cost us like thirty six thousand. Um, wow. You know that that's just what it costs. There's only six people in the entire uh, city that could or you know registered to be able to do this water tap. And you know, I think they kind of honestly they take a little advantage of you. And yeah, uh, and also I think I think the lack of my experience uh, 
the entire build cost me a little over budget. You know, I want to say a good hundred thousand over budget. Um, you know, the time for me to do the entire project cost me a lot. So, um, I would not recommend get a contractor to do the entire project from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And now you did just briefly mention before that you've now moved to to early. What what prompted the move from Midland to early? Well, there's a lot of things that happened, you know, in the past couple of years. You know, of course, everybody knows everything that's going on. But uh, we decided to come uh, here to this area because we bought some lake property. Uh, we we started coming almost on a weekly base just to get away from the society and everything going on, you know. And I told Jennifer, my wife, I said, man, I love this area. We ought to move down here. And uh, I thought she would say absolutely not but she said absolutely so you know we decided to sell the restaurant we sold our house that her dad built um i mean there's a lot of stuff that happened that uh you know it just slowly worked out for us and within six months we were already moved so it was it was an awesome move and uh you know i think it was meant to be yeah, yeah. Now I I did look up early on the map. It's quite a small town and you've you've started off with a with a food truck. How what has the the response been to the to the food truck in such a small town? Is like 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 is the food truck thing a big scene? You know, actually it's it's really not. Uh the reason I moved to this area is, you know, of course if you looked at it on the map, it's centrally located in Texas. So when I was in Midland you know, we were in West Texas and the barbecue scene just, it just doesn't travel that far. We did bring a lot of people in from, you know, your Fort Worth, Dallas, Austin area. Um, people traveled to go visit us in Midland, but I really was really interested in this area because of the lake, uh, the surrounding communities, the being so close to Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, all the metroplexes. I mean, basically, those are our customers in a sense. So once we get the restaurant finished and built, uh, we will have them customers from the surrounding communities, the areas. Uh, we'll have people, you know, in the in the vicinity. So I think it's a good idea for us to be in this location. Um, it's just a beautiful little town. It's real humble. The people are nice. They're friendly. They uh, really took a liking to us being here bring in awesome barbecues. So I think it's a super promising uh, area for us. Yeah, sounds good. We've got a couple of people over here in Australia that are setting up barbecue joints in, in sort of smaller country towns. And in some regards, it almost seems easier to them because people are so more open and accepting and, and welcoming than, than say a lot of city folk are. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting because it, it, it almost feels counterintuitive. Yes. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think, you know, I think people are trying to get out of the city and, and venture off to these little towns. And that's the big thing now, you know, I think that's going to be the biggest deal for us. And, you know, at the trailer now, we get people from the San Antonio, Austin, uh, all over, you know, it's not affecting us. And, and uh, you know, at the beginning, it was hard for us, you know, get everything going and let people know we were in this area and stuff like that. But, you know, word of mouth, good barbecue, good food. Uh, people start talking and, you know, it, it 
And then barbecue pitmasters helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, I I don't doubt that for a second. Now you've never been one to sort of uh to sort of sit on your hands and and wait for things to happen around you. You've the the restaurant is is still being built. What what setup are you running at the moment? Right now, I have uh, I got two trailers I got set up right close to our new location. So I I did that that way people get used to coming to our location in a sense. I couldn't set up at our uh, construction site, so I had to set off a little ways from there. But anyways, I did that so people get used to coming to our location. And uh, you know, I got that trailer, and then I got a smoker trailer that I kind of butt up to each other and that's where I cook all my um the majority of my foods yeah right and so please tell me that you're doing things like uh starting further out from the restaurant and then each week you bring them a little bit closer a little bit closer a little bit closer just to train train the public sort of lure them into your uh into your restaurant site absolutely absolutely (laughs) we we push it we push it a lot we we tell each guest as they come that don't worry, we're fixing to be in our location and we're going to have indoor dining and, uh, you know, our food's going to be just as fresh, if not fresher and better, you know, the, the entire scene's going to be better for them. So, uh, they're excited that they, they've been needing some good barbecue for this area. And, you know, um, I think it's going to work out good for us, Ben. I think so too, mate, for sure. What, um, what smokers are you running in that trailer at the moment? Uh, on that trailer, I got a custom Myron Mixon uh, 72XC. It's a, It used to be a water, a H2O water unit, but I kind of customized it. And, uh, you know, I, it works super good. As a matter of fact, I reached out to David and Myron. We're supposed to uh, maybe, hopefully, come up with, uh, you know, a new pit. Uh, for their line. I don't know if uh, we'll make it happen, but that's what I'm going to uh, refer and suggest that they do uh, for this particular model. And I think it'll be a killer setup, man. It's uh, super awesome. You might see it in, in some of my videos that I post, uh, but man, it's a killer setup. It works good. It's fuel efficient, minimal fuel, minimum wood. Um, man, it's just, I think it's going to be a awesome, awesome setup for Anybody in the catering business, the restaurant world, even for competition, man, this thing can do it all. Yeah, I've never cooked on one myself, but I've heard nothing but great things about them. So did you pull the water pan out of it completely or it, and you're just running it like as a as a standard sort of dry smoker type setup or did you replace the water system with some other kind of system? Actually, I didn't replace the water system. What I did was added more plate and more steel. Uh, and you know, I, I don't use water whatsoever. And then I converted it to a reverse flow smoker and, oh man, this thing, I'm telling you, I use it mainly for my ribs and man, the ribs coming off of this is unreal. The moisture is there. The, the retention of the meat is there. Um, it's, it's probably one of the best smokers that I got, uh, since uh, the modification and man, I'm excited to. Uh, show David and, and Myron uh, some of the setups on that. And, man, hopefully we can uh, call one of the grills or one of the smokers that we create like that. Uh, maybe I can get my name on it or something, you know. 
I was just about to ask, is it going to come out as the, you know, Myron Mixon H2O Junior Urias edition or something like like, And, and then your, your signature embossed in like a badge and stuck on the front. Dude, that would be awesome, man. Wouldn't that it? would be cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, I, I call, you know, it's funny. I call the one that I use now on the trailer, I call it the Mexican mix and smoker. Uh, just because of the modifications that I did, you know, it's, it's kind of like a Frankenstein, but man, at the end of the day, this thing cooks and gets a job done with minimum fuel. And, uh, you know, fuel is expensive. Wood is costing a lot. So, uh, you know, it, it works. The thing works real good. And I, I'll put it up against any smoker out there. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen uh, photographs of the uh, barbecue that you're pulling off it. And it just looks amazing. Looks absolutely just delicious stuff. Now, the bricks and mortar barbecue joint, it's on the way. What's the process been like? Has it been smoother than the Midland restaurant to build? It really has. You know, I got a good contractor, uh, a gentleman by the name of Gene. He is an awesome guy. He's doing a phenomenal job. He's built a lot of businesses in the in the past years. He's easy to work with. He knows what needs to go in and how to do it. So, man, you know, and also the my restaurants are real simple, simple setups. I like, uh, you know, for the food and everything be hot and fresh when we do it and as we're cutting it. I like a good assembly line, you know, a real fast, easy setup. So it's not real complicated. Uh, you know, the majority of the cooking gets done outside on my smokers. So it's real simple, you know. It's not too complicated. So, uh, you know, and then you can run volumes of food through it. So that's that's how I like doing it. Yeah, yeah. And so is your... Is your plan going to be to serve it similar to other Texas restaurants where it's just it, it's served in paper or are you going to uh, be going the other way, which is kind of a little bit sort of higher, like fine dining style barbecue with a, you know, the, the proper fine dining setup? No, it's going to be real simple. You know, I got some unique trays and uh, stuff that I used at my old restaurant in Midland. So I don't know if you get a chance, you might look at some of the old tray systems that we had. But it's super unique to us. Uh, nobody else is doing it. Um, the food looks good. The trays are disposable. Um, you know, I think it's just a nice, nice setup. And, uh, you know, I think it's super unique for us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have seen them and they did look really, really good. Now, the other thing that you're also working on is a market. Tell us about the market. Yeah, the, the market. You know, so this area that we're at. It, it really needs some good foods. Like uh, when I say foods, I'm talking about like steaks, uh, good quality steaks, you know, your premium choice, your premium primes, even some Wagyu. There's none to be found around here that's on a consistent base. It's hard to get. So that what brought me to do the market. I thought, man, you know what? We can do that and, and you know, sell our rubs and seasonings and, you know, sell maybe a few grills and uh, pellets and stuff like that, that uh, this area needs. So, and then, you know, I got several sponsors and, you know, we're going to use all their supplies and, and sell them at the market. And uh, I called it the market. It used to be the meat market, but I think the market works out a little bit better because we're going to be selling a little bit of everything. Uh, grilling supplies, you know, uh, just a little bit of everything. 
yeah, meat market has a bit of a different uh, connotation over here in Australia. It's it, it was a nickname for uh, for discos that were only on for people to hook up at. So uh, the the <laughs> the market sounds like a much better name. And so, are you um? It, is that going to be on site with the restaurant so people can come and eat the food and then buy products to take home and and have a crack themselves? Is that how that's going to work, or are they separate? separate sites, separate uh, business ideas? They are separate entities, but under the same business name. You know, it's still, it's going to be the, the market uh, up in smoke. So um, they're both going to be connected. Uh, I, I think uh, having them next to each other is a good deal for us. That way we can direct people either way. Uh, go eat some barbecue over there or, you know what, go get your grilling supplies next door. Yeah, very handy. Good idea. There's a guy doing something similar to that uh, down here around Newcastle, and uh, I, I got to visit his uh, his joint uh, six months ago. And uh, yeah, it it works seamlessly. So I I I definitely think you're onto something there. Now, um, the other thing that you do that I saw on your website that I thought was really interesting. You've got all this experience with rubs and sauces and food trucks and restaurants and construction of restaurants. And now you're into consulting. Tell us about the the consulting service that you offer. Well, you know what's funny? Um, Harry Sue, y'all all know Harry Sue. He was a barbecue oh, yeah. pit master. You know, he comes and visits me once a year, and we we get to BS and talk and visit. Uh, you know, and uh, me and him were joking one day, and we said uh, we need to build our own uh, consultations. Uh, and, and, you know, that's kind of basically where it started. I was like, man, that's a good idea. We should do it because um, there's a lot of knowledge between, you know, him and I that we have uh, in the restaurant world. And, and not only the restaurant world, but, you know, how to uh, cook a thousand pounds of meat for this catering and stuff like that. I mean, uh, how much meat are you going to have to use? How much uh, rub do you need? How much? Uh, supplies do you need? I mean, there's a lot of questions and answers. You know, some of them questions and answers I had when I was building my own catering business. You know, and I slowly, from from uh, you know screwing up a lot, I kind of had to learn on my own. Hey, that's not working. Or you know what? I need to up my price on that. I'm I'm not making enough money. And you know, over the 25 years that I've been doing it, I've learned a lot. And man. I think, uh, you know, I think I'm super knowledgeable when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, you know, I can direct people and save them a lot of time and money, uh, you know. So I think that's going to be my next deal is a lot of consultation. And uh, I think that's what I'm going to start offering it a little bit more because there's a lot of people that want to do it. And honestly, if I had somebody that would have taught me everything that I know now, I, I probably would have, you know, taking uh taking them up on that so anyways i I think it's going to be a good deal for us and my services are are as of right now they're available to people matter of fact i had some uh guys from chile the the from south america come recently and we did an entire restaurant style uh you know kind of class i guess you want to say a class but we did an in-depth you know class from the meats to the portions to the sides and uh as a matter of fact they kind of want to do the up and smoke style and chili now 
Right. Interesting. So you're going to sort of be a global franchise. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it's funny, but Chile are in Chile. People are just barely getting into the smoking stuff. Uh, you know, they're they're running behind with all this. Uh, they do a lot of grilling and stuff like that, but smoking is kind of unheard of. Uh, there's people that do it. There's some restaurants that have it, but they've all learned from YouTube. There's nobody that uh, has physically hands-on done it. So these guys, uh, man, they're fixing to make some big things happen in Chile for the barbecue world. Uh, they're going to change the entire scene for barbecue and smoking in that area. And I'm proud to be part of it. No doubt, man. That's a great privilege for them to have uh, to have found you on YouTube and say, right, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go seek out Junior over in early Texas. That's a that's a huge uh, huge acknowledgement of your uh, your skills and knowledge and your contribution to the barbecue scene. Now, before we do move on, I do have one thing that I do have to to uh, to run past you. I have heard sure. a rumor that you might be pushing for a reunion special for Pitmasters. Is that on the cards? It is. You know what? I, I, I get asked a lot, Ben. I get asked a lot about, hey, are y'all going to make some more barbecue shows? Are you going to be on Barbecue Pitmasters again? Uh, and, man, that, that, I get asked that a lot. And I think people want to see more of that. So, you know, I think I have not told anybody. You know, I want to talk to Myron and a few other folks about potentially doing this but i think we need to have like a reunion barbecue pit masters reunion bring all the guys that were initially on the show and and man you know go at it have fun and you know uh walk around with our wheelchairs or or you know if we need some walking sticks or whatever <laughs> but uh anyways i think i think that would be fun man i think it'll be a good show and and man somebody out there needs to make it happen Mate, I met uh, the one and only Johnny Trigg there a few years ago, and I reckon if you tried to, if you tried to hand him a walking stick, he'd probably beat you with it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I I reckon that would be a great idea, ripper of an idea, yeah. super fun. Yeah, I think so too, man. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully we can make it happen. Um, I don't know, but I think you know barbecue pitmasters kind of set the goals for all these barbecue shows and stuff like that, and. And quite frankly, honestly, we we got some of the best guys in the business that came out and did the show. And man, I'm I'm happy to be able to be one of the guys that were, uh, you know, on Barbecue Pitmasters. I think that's a huge deal. And man, I'm I'm super stoked that I was able to be on there. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd, Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Junior, so we're into the third part of our show now, and this is the part of the show where our guests get to share some knowledge and impart some wisdom for the viewers and the listeners. So I'm going to sit back, take a couple of notes, interject with some questions here and there, and uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, and you can uh, give us a little lesson on something. Well, let me see. I I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think, you know, doing the barbecue consultations is going to be a big deal for us. Um, that's going to be a new endeavor. You know, there's not a lot of people doing it out there. I think that's a new market that hasn't been touched. I want to say it hasn't been touched. I'm sure there's restaurant people doing it, but you know, as far as barbecue people, um, I think it's a next big thing. So 
and then I got some other ideas for other stuff. Um, you know, I I don't want to mention it because I mean, it, I think it's a unique deal to me. And and you know, later on, maybe if it happens, it, I'll let everybody know. But at the moment, I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, what else, man? What else you want to talk about? What else you want to ask me? What do you think? Well, with everything that's sort of going on in the world at the moment, um, a lot of people are really under pressure with jobs and not having jobs and whatnot. A lot of people are looking to sort of maybe start opening their own businesses and start, you know, making something happen for themselves. Where would be a good place, do you think, for people to start? Like, is the, do you think that the rub scene is oversaturated? Is this like, is there, is there a need for more sources um, is a food truck the way to go? Should should people be doing what you did and selling your house and investing that into a restaurant? What would be your advice to people that are sitting watching this or listening to this and are looking for for guidance into to get into the barbecue industry? Actually, I think it's a good time to get into the barbecue industry. You know, they are there is a lot of barbecue uh, businesses coming up. You know, but uh, if you want. To make it happen, you can. You know, it's a hard industry to get into. Uh, if I was to do it all over, Ben, I would probably give me a nice, uh, you know, a nice food truck or a nice trailer, maybe a couple of them, maybe even three or four. Uh, set them up real nice uh, to where you can really sell food. Uh, I would do something like that and, and not get into the, the overhead uh, prices and stuff of the restaurant world. Uh, maybe you can still rent you know, a culinary kitchen, uh, a commissary somewhere and, and do offsite caterings and stuff like that. I think that's a good way of making some good money. Uh, the rubs and, and sauces and seasonings and stuff like that, that's a hard market, man. It really is. If you got a good product, I think you need to bring it out and, and uh, you know, uh, sell it. If you want to sell it, make it happen. You can make anything happen. You just got to make it, uh, you just got to do it, you know. Uh, for me, I think the seasoning is a good good market. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, it has never been my main priority. So if you do do a sauce and rub business, I would make it a priority if that's something you really want to do and, and focus on it. Run it 100%. Don't don't uh, get involved with uh, you know restaurants and and caterings and and rubs and stuff like that. I made it happen. I don't know how, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would focus on, on selling your rubs, your seasonings, marking in it. Um, you know, there's a lot of people making a nice, successful living by doing that. And you know what? You're not obligated to staying at a restaurant same days a week running a business. Um, you can be in Florida. You can be in Hawaii. You can be in anywhere in the world and rub your uh, rub. <laughs> run your uh rub and seasoning business from anywhere so uh man if you're really looking into getting into that jump in do it make it happen stay focused uh if y'all any of y'all have any questions or comments call me message me um on ben's uh smoking hot confessions i did put some of my links to my pages so please go and like those uh you can always ask me questions and stuff like that I don't mind helping anybody out. Of course, that becomes a little bit more personal. I will have to charge you, but uh, anyways, <laughs> man, here to help. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what do you think would be some of your your best tips for 
selling rubs for for getting out there and and marketing the rubs like you were talking about you know i think uh you know cookoffs are great i think that's a good place you can start but uh the market the people is not they're not interested the cookoff people they're not interested in buying your rubs you might sell a few to them they all want you to use their seasonings and stuff like that everybody in the cookoff world's got their own seasonings and rubs and sauces and their own secret spice you know so your market's not going to be the cookoff guys uh it's going to be the general public that's where you need a target that's where you need a hit you know uh that's another reason the market uh at my location that's another reason we're going to sell our rubs and seasonings to the general public those are the people those are your customers uh you know it's sad to say but it is it's the truth um, those are the people that are going to be buying your seasonings. Those are the people that are going to be buying your sauces. So, um, I would target the general public, the backyard people, the guys cooking, uh, on a weekly base, or even, you know, there's a lot of people now these days grilling and cooking every night. So those are going to be your, uh, customers. Social media is a good way, you know, TikTok, um, Instagram. Uh, TikTok's pretty good for stuff like that. So, I mean, that's a good start. Yeah, probably a good way to uh, to, to reach out to the next generation of, of barbecuers coming through as well. So get onto those younger profiles like, like TikTok there. I can see how that would work really well. So of all the different things that you've done in the barbecue industry, all the different angles that, that you've got working at the moment, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? The biggest lessons were, were, you know, like, like the seasonings, you know, it was one of my first business. Uh, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't have up and smoke barbecue if it wasn't for my junior's rubs. Uh, it, it kind of created my rubs, created my sauce, you know, because I used my rubs inside my sauce. Uh, you know, it's, it's basically kind of put my entire business together. So, um, uh, like I said, if you're going to, do a seasoning or something like that run with it man i think it's uh that's that was one of my uh downfalls if not taking uh advantage of it uh, i didn't know what i had in front of me honestly uh so you know i was kind of blind to it but that's one of my mistakes another mistake was uh you know you know trying to do so many things you know the business the rubs the caterings the uh Man, I put my family through hell, you know, with money and stuff like that. Trying to buy a thousand pound orders of rubs and seasonings. Um, you know, it just, it all goes hand in hand. But at the same time, man, you know, it can kill you. It really can. So I was fortunate to be able to hang in there and, and make things happen. But, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over, Ben, I think I would have stayed focused on my seasonings and, and maybe, you know, set up a little nice, uh food trucks you know and stay simple and small and and not small but you know the capacity you can only handle so much until you start getting into commercial stuff and that's what happened to me um uh, you know i was getting to i was doing a lot of volume and i needed the restaurant so uh i wouldn't change that at all but uh that's what happens you slowly start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and next thing you know you got an animal on you you know and uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. Wise words there, mate. Thank you very much for that. 
Okay, so I'm going to throw it over to you now. This is a good point for us to start to sort of wrap this up. So uh, give some thanks, give some praise, give some shout-outs to people that have helped you out along the way and make sure they uh, that you tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet and social media. Uh, social media, guys. Go to uh, Smoking Hot Confessions and I've linked uh, three or four of my pages. Please go over there and like them. Um, you can message me on any of those. I will be gladly to help you however I can. If you need some, uh, you know, some direction, I can help you with all that. If you need some consultations for a potential restaurant, even a food truck, uh, you know, I can help you with some stuff. And then, uh, you know, we can go there. Uh, shout outs, man. Sponsors. I got sponsors, you know, throughout these years. I've, I've kept my sponsors and, you know, some I kept, some have gone. But uh, B&B Charcoal is one of them. You know, we've been using them for quite some time. It's a good product. It's, it makes uh, B&B stands for better burning. And, you know, it really does. It's good, clean product. So that's one of my sponsors that I want to shout out to. Rec Tech Grills. I love their grills, man. They got good pellet grills. Uh, there's one in particular called the 380. It's a small one. And, man, I love that grill. That's my go-to grill, you know. Uh, for a lot of stuff. So, anyways, that's another one. Grill grates. You know, when I first started doing a SCA, the steak cook-offs, I, I was, you know, uh, grill grates with the Brad and all them guys. I was one of the first uh, SCA guys uh, to do uh, SCAs, and then I also used grill grates. So, man, I, I was, I'm still happy to be able to be a uh, sponsored team for grill grates and. Man, good products, good stuff. So, uh, also my rubs. I got my seasonings, you know. My seasonings have always been part of my sponsorships, you know. It's it's weird to say, but they truly are, man. They, they, they've helped me over the years, and they built my business. And, uh, you know, I couldn't do them without my rubs. Some of the best rubs out there are super unique. They're good. They put money in your pocket at the weekends. So, uh, man, reach out if you need it. Uh, just call me or reach me at one of the links and we can ship it to you and get you set up and Compart family farms the best pork out there we use them a lot for uh, a lot of our you know competitions and then also for the barbecue classes so anyways oh that's another thing ben i do host a lot of barbecue and grilling classes yes i forgot to mention that yeah, so yeah, I forgot to mention it too. So uh, we do those a lot. So call me, message me, email me, whatever. We can get them fixed up too. And uh, I do want to go to Australia and host a lot of classes down there. I think that would be fun. And uh, not that uh, I'm the best or anything like that. I know I'm not. There's a lot of good cooks out there. But, man, I got my own unique styles. And, you know, uh, I might be able to help out a lot of folks, you know, get some GCs. and and stuff like that so anyways thank you for having me ben thank you smoking hot confessions uh, i'm glad to be a part of your team that uh you want me to be on your show i'm i'm super stoked and proud and i'm happy to be your friend i appreciate you very much and everything you do uh you're kidding it dude in the barbecue world man your 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 uh podcasts are awesome dude and keep up the good work bro Thank you very much, man. That uh, that that means a lot coming from uh, from such a high profile person as yourself. I I really do appreciate that. 
Well, look, thanks very much for your time. Um, I, I realise you've got another big day ahead of you again tomorrow, building that restaurant and running that food trailer and all the rest of the things you got going on. So I'm going to say thanks very much for your time. And I really look forward to hopefully seeing you again at, uh, at NBBQA 2022. You got it, bud. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. And there you have it, family. That was the one and only Junior Urias, quite possibly the busiest guy in barbecue. He literally never stops. He's got so many different uh, irons in the fire, so many different angles on his business model there. And it's really fascinating to to get that story of how he sort of merges them all and, and gets them all together. So that was a really great opportunity for us. And if you do have the opportunity, get over there, check out his classes, as we discussed there at the end. Um, if you're looking to set up a business, he can coach you through that as well. So hit him up for that. Great guy. And uh, he's always happy to lend a hand to anybody at all. Now, before I do let you go for today, just a quick reminder of the announcements at the top of the show. Big thanks to our podcast partner, Jagged Woodfire, for coming on board the show. Beautiful people, beautiful smokers. I've got one in the backyard right now. You can check out my series of videos over on YouTube I've been doing with them. A uh, couple of different... Uh, cooking videos. They're aimed at the beginner level at this stage. And over the next couple of months, we're going to build up into some uh, into some higher level, more complicated cooks. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and stick around for that. But that is all the time we do have for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>